What's going on guys and welcome to episode 11. Before we start, please be sure to screenshot this straight away, post it on your Instagram, it really helps us grow the podcast and rate it as well. That really helps it push it up on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you're listening to this on. Tag us on Instagram, we'd love to hear what you think of it. I'm joined today by Chris Bradley in this episode 11. I can't believe we're, we're here already, episode 11, double figures. So, joined today by Chris Bradley, we talk about comparison, we talk about transformations and a whole host of other stuff. It's a very valuable podcast with over a decade between us and experience in the industry. Um, it's definitely one to listen to. So, sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast and let us know what you think. What's going on guys and welcome to today's podcast. I am here with Chris Bradley, the Glasgow PT, as many as may know him. Um, for those that don't know him, um, Chris, nice to have you on and Let's tell us a bit about yourself and how you get into the industry. How you doing, mate? Thanks for having me on, Sylvester. Um, yep, some people don't know what to call me. They either call me Chris or they call me the Glasgow PT. So <laughs> that might be a good thing, I guess, for marketing and stuff. But uh, yep, so I'm a PT in Glasgow, as you probably guessed. I cracked the code. Uh, I've been PT now for close to six years. Um, blinking, you'll miss it. You'll probably feel, find that the same, mate. Just the weeks yeah. and months just flying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mate. As I've kind of started out my my working life, uh, the day after I turned sixteen, working in Sainsbury's, um, my local Sainsbury's. It was near me. Started as a Christmas temp, and got kept on. Did what five years in there? Um, left there to go to Ayanapa to find myself and explore the world. Uh, well, explore the strip, more like. Um, and then came back, not really sure what to do in my life. A um, couple of months went by. I went back to Ayanapa because I just didn't have a purpose here. Didn't have a structure or a goal. Um, and I was young and just had no no guidance really of what to do in my career. Mm. Uh, went again, shouldn't have went, came back in a bit of a mess and I was like, right, it's time to be a PT. Um, I'd always kind of thought about it. I'd always liked training. I was always like, right, I could, I'm a people person. I've got really good customer service. Um, I don't have a great deal of qualifications, so I couldn't be a sports coach or anything like that. I just knew sport or some sort of fitness was my calling. Yeah. Um, I got a job in Ladbrokes with the view of going, right, um, I need money to pay for the course. So I got a job in Ladbrokes. They um, that funded my my course for personal training. The betting um, job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, a wee bit of both. <laughs> um, and then I got the um, I did my course in part time, but I still worked in Ladbrokes. So, like I'm sure a lot of people, um, personal trainers, have witnessed or have, or even people just you know moving to another career, you've always got to think about money. So I kind of did I did Ladbrokes part time while I did um, my PT my new job in pure gym which it was um obviously you do 15 hours unpaid so that you can work out of the gym so between that and about 25 hours of ladbrooks um i was up at like 30 40 hours before i'd even made a penny from personal training so then it was time right okay you've went down to part-time in ladbrooks it's now time to be like right you need to bite the bullet it's time to quit that job and just focus on your business so that's what I did, um, and then never looked back. The biggest thing that I could take for that was I was going from people in Ladbrokes and the bookies, who are a lot of them are down and outs, you know, smoking fags, trying to smoke in the place, gambling addictions and stuff like that, to Aye. going into a gym and just seeing people who are positive, working on themselves, members, trainers, yeah. people who were actually motivating and um, cared about self-development, cared about bettering themselves, and I was like, right, these are my kind of people. Yeah. So I noticed that that big shift and that was motivating and, um, you know, I'd run my business for about a year and a half. I got in and I was kind of at a standstill. It was kind of like, right, should I keep doing this or should I go back to management? And at the time, Pure Gym were throwing up gyms left, right and center. Mm-hmm. They were offering out manager positions. Um, and I liked the idea of that that wage being stable. Um, I liked yeah. the idea of, you know, working for a company that was progressing and opening places up, I thought to myself, right, I could be an assistant manager and then I could be a gym manager and then I could go from there. Um, but really it was a case of, I never really looked at myself in the mirror. Um, the reason that I was trying to get that sort of cop out um, was because 
clients were paying at different times. Um, I, I didn't have a structure. I didn't have stability or uh, an infrastructure to my business. But it was mostly because I didn't have accountability, mate. You know, you, you know yourself when you're when you're kind of PT and it's all on you. So yeah. when stuff when stuff isn't that good, you can sweep it under the rug for a bit. Um, but obviously yeah. that starts to pile up. It starts to bog you down. You lose a bit of sort of love for the job because really it's it's, it's all kind of going tits up, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but on the surface, you're getting cash in hand. It all looks good. You're training people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, long story short, I kind of I didn't get the job as a as in management, which I'm very thankful for. No disrespect to people who are in those jobs, um, but it gave me a kick up the ass, mate. It really did say to me, right, you need to get yourself sorted here, because I did yeah. think I was too good for the job in the first place. Um, it was an assistant manager. I came from management, managing people way more than what an assistant manager would in a typical gym. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit of a kick in the ass, mate, and. I just realized that I had to focus on listening to the right people. Um, it was a time to go, right, who am I focusing on? What am I doing with my time? A lot of my time was spent in the staff room, mate, talking to other PTs. A lot of my time was reaching out to other PTs online. And, mate, while you, while you want respect from your peers 100%, and I feel it is important in the industry, uh, mm -hmm. they don't pay the bills. So yeah. it was like, right, you need to focus on... Uh, what you who you spend your time talking to uh, that can potentially lead to being a client, which in turn can lead to benefiting your business. So I'll give myself a bit of a shake, mate, um, and then never looked back. Did some rebranding, um, and here we are today, mate. Just you know, let's be honest, we're still winging it, but we've got yeah. more structure. We've got more, um, a lot more um, stuff to look forward to. So yeah, mate, that's pretty much me in a nutshell, and then here I am talking to you. Yeah, awesome. Uh, no, it's definitely, it's probably a lot of people can, um, whether whether they're going through that right now or they've kind of, there, there comes to a point where there's that kind of eureka moment where you're like, like I, need, I need to sort myself out here. Um, and everyone kind of goes through that. So it's interesting to kind of hear everyone's kind of story and how you've kind of came out the other end of it. And that's kind of what, what you kind of spoke about there was going to link on well to, to what we're actually going to speak about today. And it's mainly about comparison. So like comparing yourself to, to other people, both in terms of your peer group coaches and things, but also for, for our clients and comparing yourself uh, with that. In terms of, um, you're talking about self-development and kind of structure and process, um, how me and Chris uh, met each other was, well, it was through, it was through Instagram, but then uh, we ended up, we're in the same kind of peer group now from um, uh authority network so like we're, we're in we're in something that that's kind of the best kind of coaches around the kind of uk plus and um it's a it's, it's a it's a good network to be in it gets a lot of kind of structure and stuff to to, to whatever you're struggling with because as pts let's face it after you've passed that qualification you're, you're nowhere near qualified to start getting you might have the knowledge to get the transformations and all that sort of stuff but there's no way that you can take someone and get into their psychological head and take them from A to B um, straight straight away. So by having these things, it takes a wee bit of humility sometimes, I think, to, to join these things because then you go, right, um, although it might seem great from the outside, what I need to now do is I now need to get these structures and these systems in place in order to get the most out of it and, and really be well known for, for what you do, which which you are. So, so yeah, we'll get fired into it. So... In terms of comparison, um, the, the, the biggest comparison that, that I see, well, on my Instagram, probably biased because I'm a coach myself, is comparing yourself to, whether it's me comparing myself to you or me comparing myself to another personal trainer, and whether it's content or, or anything like that, or the way you market or your branding or whatever, you're comparing yourself to, to what someone chooses to put out, but you don't see everything that goes on behind the scenes. So the, the issue here is that the comparison is kind of, it's a false comparison. You're comparing whatever they choose to put out to whatever you are maybe comparing you've had a bad day or whatever. So you can take, you can take it one way or you can take it the other. What's your kind of view on that, Chris? Yeah, mate, I think you, you, you were spot on there when you said it, just sort of taking the words right out of my mouth, but uh, I think a reality check is needed with comparison, and that's the same for aesthetic-based goals, it's the same for fat loss, it's the same for comparing your business to another person's business. Like you said, mate, there, you alluded to the fact that um, you only see people's highlight reel, 
um, which is obvious. I mean, you're not going to post yourself sitting there on the toilet pan on Instagram, are you? <laughs> I mean, you're going to be transparent, hopefully, which is great. Yeah. But for a lot, of, a lot of people who look up to certain people and follow certain people, they, thought, they do it blindly, I feel. So let's talk, let's talk a female who looks at someone on Instagram and says, and, and gets all beat bent out of shape about them and goes, oh, I want to look like that. Look at the picture of her in Bali in a villa and, and her bikini looking amazing. Yeah. And you go, well, look, first of all, you have no data to, to sort of back yourself up here. Let's be honest. That's what I do with my clients, mate. I turn it on them. And I go, yeah. do, you know, do you know about her life? Do you know her upbringing? No. Yeah. You don't know anything, and yet you're letting somebody, well, you know nothing about you, about her dictate your life and dictate your actions and make you feel in a, bad, in a negative way. Yeah. So it's a bit like playing fives, mate, uh, every weekend, right? And then moaning that you're no Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've got to have a reality check with comparison. So yeah. what I mean by that is, right, look at, be a bit more detailed with it. So if you're a, if you're a young female looking at a girl uh, in Bali who is, you know, maybe the same age as you and has this privileged, amazing life who doesn't work, who's just a blogger, and go, right, well, you're maybe from a council estate or you're maybe from a middle class, working class area um, who, who hasn't been given such privileged life. When I say privileged, I, uh, air quotations for that. Uh, privilege could mean a nice upbringing, family, or it could mean money. Uh, it could mean, here you go, here's daddy's credit card, go and fly over the world. So I think uh, my point is, mate, is a reality check is needed. You know, when you're playing football with fives every weekend, uh, understand that you want to be better than the people in the park with you. You don't want to try and turn into Cristiano Ronaldo. And if you start getting all bent out of shape that you're not him, you're just daft. That is blind comparison. Yeah. So, and I know that may seem an extreme example, but it's the yeah. same with girls who follow people on Instagram. You don't know anything about their life. You don't know anything. You don't even know what type of person they are. And quite honestly, I'm sure Sylvester will cover it later. They, they don't show transparency at all. It's no. all about this lifestyle. So if, yeah. if, if someone doesn't show transparency, to me, you can't trust them. Yeah. Because they, or if you if you if you can trust them, you've got to accept that you're not seeing any bad any bad things about them. So yeah. it's blind. So for me, mate, when I when I look at comparison, I mean, I might have when I was twelve or thirteen looked at a kid who had a better football than me, who maybe had a better house, who had a better a nice gadgety room than me. I might have one point um, been jealous, but see now, mate, I don't compare myself to anybody and feel in a negative way. Yeah. I look at like Phil Graham and I see that he's thirty one. And, you know, he's a year older than me and he's managing people with six, seven figure businesses. Yeah. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. But yeah. that, gives, that gives me a way of looking and going, that motivates me. Now, I know that's a good place to be and I'm fortunate for that because a lot of people look at people and get jealous. But yeah. I look at stuff and I look at stuff, one, because I do it the way and it's realistic. I look at Phil Graham. You know, I don't look at... I don't look at guys who are in Hollywood who are celebrities making millions of pounds. I look at a guy who coaches people to run the business that I run. He's in the same network. He's in the same industry. Um, he, he has spent a ton of thousands and thousands of pounds on his self-development and learning. So, that, so I'm like that to myself, right? That's achievable. That's very achievable. So that I use that as a motivation, mate. I don't look at somebody and go, I'm jealous of them. I look at it and go, right, you know, if, if I've got a PT who I've helped with stuff in the past and they're right up my ass in terms of a sort of impact and marketing, I'm like, oh, yes, that makes me level up again, mate. Like, yeah. I just don't, I don't, I hope people listening to this get a wee bit inspired by the fact that, look, I don't look at anybody in a jealous way. I'm just, I just see it as a motivation tool. I'm very competitive. I'm not competitive to the point I will, I will use a comparison and try and use dirty tactics. I just see it as let's go to war then. I've always been like that with football. Uh, and, I, and I hope to, I, I always try and get the message across to clients. When, see, when they try and compare themselves to somebody, I go, right, show me some facts then. Show me some facts that that's a legitimate comparison. Yeah. Or Emily Shack. Emily Shack, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> 500,000 followers. I go, right, let's compare your life, right? You're in your third year at uni. You've got your dissertation next year. You're stressed that you're not. You work 20 hours in a supermarket uh, where they're now, it's during COVID. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's get some reality here. Uh, and then when I, when I turn that on them, they go, oh, okay then. So if you want to come back yeah. to me and go, right, Chris, there's a girl I went to school with. I used to be best pals with her. She looks amazing now. I feel fat. I'm, I'm, I'm raging. And I go, right, let's turn the competitive head on then. I mean, yeah. in a nice and in a friendly way. Go, right, let's, do you know what? What is that? What's she been doing? Uh, she, she goes to the gym all the time. Well, I'm sure we can understand that 
that's something that you can, that's a bit of motivation you can take from that. Do you know what I mean? It's like when you look at um, Olympic gymnasts and you see how good a shape they're in, you know, you might not want to be a gymnast, but the fact of the matter is they probably train eight times a week. So what, what can we admire from that? Dedication, discipline, hard work, right? Okay, I'm going to take those aspects. You know, it's like Victoria's Secret models, mate. Everybody loves them. And as soon as the Victoria's Secret fashion show happens, all you see is all these girls making themselves feel shite on their stories. It goes up, it goes up. They go crying, hate myself. I'm turning into this, I'm turning into that while these, these girls are on show. And yeah. it's like, well, look, first of all, the problem, most of them have probably got an eating disorder. The ones who haven't have probably got real good discipline. They probably yeah. train hard. You just don't know, mate. It's, mm. Again, it's either blinded or look at their motivation. Follow one of them on Instagram. Follow their YouTube and go, right, actually, she trains hard. That's your inspiration. Not a yeah. comparison to make you feel worse, mate. Uh, it's, de- it's definitely, you need to take it as, as inspiration. But once you have a wee bit of background to what they're actually doing, not, mm. not, ju- not just about, uh, because I, I, I've, I've had about three messages last week of uh, from clients and they've sent me pictures of females on and it's like that's my that's my that's my goal that's my goal how could that possibly be your goal that when you you have no no background to what they're they've done at all how long they've been training i bet you you've just started following them on instagram last week or you, like it's just there's there's just so many variables there and i think yeah. a good thing to compare yourself to is Potentially, so if you are in a community, so whether it's in your community, my community, or whatever you've went into, if you can see someone who's in a similar circumstance to you, who's in that community, and they've done great, take that as inspiration, and you know that it's possible because they're they're walking the walk. They might have done it for longer, or maybe they've just implemented better than you. But these these things that you can see a path there. You don't just have this vision and go. I want to get there, but I have no idea how. Whereas you need to actually outlay a path, and it's just for for this. It's for people, as you say, it's a good kind of reality check for them. Mm-hmm. They need someone like a coach, like someone like that, to to say, no, listen, this is this is actually the cold hard facts, and people need to hear it because all their friends are just going to agree with them, especially if they're in the same yes. sort of circle. And that that kind of links itself to who you spend your most time with. If you spend your time with likes of we're in the same kind of peer group. Everyone's about self-development, mentored by Phil, Phil Graham, one of the leaders of the industry. Like, we are, we've upped the level of to which we um, see ourselves and the, we, the way we can compare ourselves to others and take that inspiration from that and, and level up from there. Whereas yep. if, you, if you surround yourself with, um, so say, for instance, you're, you're, you're at a pure gym, you know, you know yourself that the, the level of uh, PT is up and down, up and down, up and down, and, that, and there's, what, 20 plus PTs in your gym, and there's, there's no consistency there with, a, um, right, I'm going to go to a PT, and I get this, and I get this, because everyone does stuff different, um, regardless of whether it's the same gym or not, even in my gym, like, it's, it's definitely some, the PTs, there's no set structure at all, so, yeah, that's that's where it needs to come down to um, having a friend or something like that that goes, and then they can tell you exactly what you get. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna really struggle to find a PT if you base it off of the, just their Instagram. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I mean these these things we could probably talk about all day. Um, but in terms of like transformations, I actually wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that because transformations is something um, you're renowned for man like your your transformations are phenomenal um so the the real reality of a transformation and and what it takes one from a coach's perspective and two from a perspective of a prospective client so a lot of your clients are, are female based a lot of my clients are probably middle-aged based maybe haven't been in a gym for a while so we get two kind of different um demographics there and how you then approach that from a, a standpoint of the psychological aspect and how you kind of build that through from the A to B. Yeah, mate. So, so from the client's perspective, so someone who's looking to do a transformation, the realities are that whatever, however long you think it's going to take, I would double it for a start. You know, you mentioned there, mate, that uh, my transformations are good and that's kind of where I, I focus my business on at this current time. But um, you'll notice that I don't put a time scale on it. Yeah. Um, quite often I'll get asked how long was this a lot of the time I just ignore the question because you're only feeding these people's um, sort of ammunition that it, something has to take a certain time 
Now, I know yeah. we live in a world where we want something done tomorrow. So at the very start of my career, I would always put up six weeks, yes, like quick. Um, but that was, that was, that was, that was uh, misguided from me as a coach because like, even though six weeks you can do a lot of damage, I don't want to promote that because if someone yeah. thinks something can be done in six weeks, people perceive that and go, I'm going to try it in four. And it, they just end up in this whirlwind. Now, when, when the client comes to me and go, I'm looking at, you know, my holidays in the eight weeks, I'll say, well, you're signing up for 12 weeks. And, you know, it'd be ideal if they signed up for 16 so that it's double. But what you've got to think about is three parts of it. You've got to think about the start, which you will see good results. If you yeah. listen to your coach, if you communicate, communicate is the, bit, the, the most important thing like of any coaching client relationship. There'll be people, there might be people that end up listening to this who I have fell out with because I hate when, when clients don't communicate. Now, I know there's other stuff going on in the world, yeah. um, but, but I text to say, I can't be bored this week. That's enough. Something. Anyway, so that's why I, I drum that home. As soon as somebody comes on board with me, I make it very clear how important communication is. Yeah. Communication is the difference between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday being shit, and then it leading into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or if you communicate on the Wednesday, we can recharge and reset. So communication with someone, whether it be your coach, whether it be your partner, whether it be a friend who you're dieting with, that's key. Yeah. So reality is, like I said, you need to double the time that you think you're going to be dieting for. You need to remember that you're, you're on level one. You can't get to level five for at least another year or two. And then yeah. even then, level six and seven will appear because that's what you want. So understand that you can only get from, from level one to a certain level in that time, no matter what you do. doesn't matter who trains you, who coaches you. You can only either lose a certain amount of fat and firm up and build some new muscle if you're quite new to the game in a yeah. certain amount of time. So let's take the most popular. Let's take 12 weeks. So if a client says, right, I'm going to do an eight-week diet, um, we then go, right, 12 weeks. Why 12 weeks? Because four weeks after this holiday, you're coming back to me and we're going to try and watch your calories, bring you back to maintenance, and see where we're at. Because a lot of people forget that part, and literally they just yo-yo all the time. So I used to always, as a trainer, I used to always keep one or two sessions in the bank for clients who were one-to-one -one in gym so that when they came back, we can start balancing their calories back out because the aftercare is more important than anything else. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. had clients who, and I would notice over time, transformation, boom, six months later, another transformation. And it's the same client. And I'm going, yeah, but you do realize we haven't improved. It's just, yeah. it's just another fat loss phase where you've went from 50% um, adherence Back to a hundred, and well, yeah, we're getting a transformation for Instagram, but you know, I'm looking at it and going, "You've not improved. Your quads aren't any bigger. Your shoulders don't look better." And that is your goal, remember. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got to think of a transformation that one, you've got to double the time. Two, you've got to think about the transformation after the transformation. And what I mean by that is to get a wee bit uncomfortable. To, to but when I say I get uncomfortable, I mean realign your goals. So, if you do a twelve-week fat loss phase, then you come back from holiday. You go, right, where was that at? Here's the pictures. Great. This is what it looked like. Cool. Right. Now we need a diet break. So what, what, what do I mean by that? We go on a bit of a maintenance and we realign our goals, i.e. we get stronger, we get fitter, we have a bit more balance in our lives as opposed to the, maybe the last two or three weeks of your holiday diet was a bit yeah. stricter. So I think in, what, what's important is you double the time of your fat loss phase, but at the same time for your fat loss phase, you, you, you plan out for your improvement phase. Because if you don't get better, if you don't build muscle, if you, you won't burn calories as much throughout the day, you'll look the same every year, which for me is my absolute fear. Um, and that always has me at my motivation. If it gets to February, March, and I'm starting to look the same as last year, it kicks me in the ass. So I hope people need to think of that. And I guess what I'm trying to say, mate, is you need one eye in the long term. So yeah, yeah. let's get fat loss off for eight weeks to, to, to eight to 12 weeks. But you need that one eye in the long game. And that one eye in the long game will stop you from using rash tactics to diet. Yeah. excessive cardio excessive cu uh, cutting of the calories um so i think a reality check is whatever you think you're going to be doing double the time plan for one eye in the future because uh, that's what i always do i always remind my client look we're doing this for the long run yeah uh, it creates longevity it makes people realize because i get people mate, as you'll imagine when you post a transformation you get a certain type of clientele message you they yeah. want the quick result and like i know a few trainers on instagram that that promote that uh, albeit yeah. hardly any changes uh, the client is so short term it's ridiculous like four week transformations yeah. and mate like things like that are just it's just what's wrong with the industry in my opinion so yeah. 
Um, it's just promoting the quick fix. So don't look for a quick transformation. If it's 10 weeks, great. But remember, if you communicate with your coach, by week three, you can see some cracking results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely a good point, is that we're not saying it needs to be slow. Like, like the actual result itself, week on week, if you actually communicate and listen to a coach that knows what they're talking about, you'll get a result, 100%. But the, the issue is that people then have this idea that, and, and they, don't, they, stop, they don't listen to you. I, I've taken clients on, I've told them this is what the calories are. They've thought they were too, too high. They've dropped them to like virtually nothing. They've went out the weekend. They've smashed the dominoes. They've had a bottle of Bucky, whatever it is. And they've, they've overshot their calories by loads. And they're like, I, but I was on 1,200 calories. My fitness pal told me that. And then they're going to listen to my fitness pal over your coaching. And that's when it needs to come down to how you lay out the structure of when you're a coach to when you take on a client. You need to be very direct. You need to have a, enough respect for yourself that you say, listen, you need to communicate with me. You need to get them to sign an agreement and say, listen, this is what I expect of, of myself. And this is what I expect of you. Because if you don't have, it's a two-way street when it comes to a transformation. And that, that's what I found. And it's, it's easy. See, it's easy for us now. Um, me with loads of members, you with loads of clients, you took on 26 clients the other day. Like, there's, it's easy for us now, I'm four years down the line, you're six years down the line, to, to say this. And any coaches listening, maybe are, maybe are just starting. And it's easy for us to say that. But really, when you first start, all you want is a client base. So you take on everyone. Yeah, I, I can help you. And you're a yes man. You're like, oh, I can help you in four weeks. Because you can. But you're, you're maybe not alluding to the fact that they're never going to get to where they want to be in four weeks and stay there. So this is, this, is, this is the issue. And that's where it comes back to transparency. Being transparent as a coach, being a good people's person, being a good listener. Um, and this is actually what the podcast has helped me with as well, like actually listening to what they're saying rather than just thinking of what I need to say. Like actually listening to what you've said and then come back with an intelligent answer. Like these things are, are, are imperative. They're so important when it comes to being a good coach. And it's probably over the only last year or two that I'm really up the level that, that I've done that I've that I've done that um with my with my coach and myself and um it's it's paid paid off. So these yeah. these things if there is any coaches listening, um just make sure obviously when you're comparing yourself to anyone else that you're you're actually looking after your current client base um first and foremost. And yes. and, yeah. and and it's like, like that's, it's like anything else. So best yeah. like when people compare themselves in my transformation, so if you're a coach listening to this and you're going, how does he get those transformations? Here's a newsflash for you. I probably don't know any more about nutrition than you. Mm -hmm. I probably don't know any more about training than you. I just care about the client. And when they come on board with me, they understand from the get-go that they're training with the Glasgow PT, so they know there's an expectation with transformations there. But, like, you... Like, again, it's like a blinded comparison. If a trainer looks at me and goes, oh, how does he get those transformations? Want me to tell you? Want me to tell you the secret? I work harder than you. <laughs> probably. I probably am on to the client more. Uh, I care more. Um, I'm, I'm giving them enough stuff. Like, I'm, I'm not being funny, mate, but like, what I mean by working harder, I don't mean that you don't want to work harder. Yeah. I just mean I just mean you're not focusing enough, you're not driving, you're not learning. And that's yeah. that's essentially what it is, mate. It's like somebody who wants to look like somebody and you go, Why are you getting why are you moaning about it? It's because oh I fed up how I can't look like that. Guess what? They work harder than you. Yeah. I mean there's there's be, there's also been and I went through a stage of this as well, is that there's hard work, but then there's also been a busy fool. If you're a busy mm -hmm. fool, then that's gonna get you some results, but at the end of the day you're gonna get so frustrated by the end of the like uh, by the end of the process because you're you you end up you're, you're giving everything or so so it feels but you're not getting a result because you've yeah. got no structure and that's when it comes back to the systems and everything you've got in place you need to have a point from when a client inquires to you to where they want to be not just after as you say after the eight twelve weeks of the transformation whether it be fat loss but then where they're going to be um after that so like um what's your client retention rates most of my clients have been with me in three years and it's only recently since I've, um, I've started taking on new clients because I've changed the gym model, I can actually take on new clients and start to see new people coming through and getting that initial fat loss phase, phase which, is, which is great. It's a good thing to see. Whereas the majority of my client base, certainly the one-to-ones, have been with me three years and we've been kind of going with what, what, the, what their goals are at that moment in time, whether the fat loss mm -hmm. thing happened. And with, with taking on new clients, that's, that's their goal and that's the exciting part. But then it's it's how long can you 
uh, sustain that for? And do your clients leave, at, leave after six weeks? Then you've not outlined properly exactly what, what, their, what their goal is if they don't even know it. Yeah. And, and it's, trying to, it's trying to outlay that. And I think jumping on a call with, with, with any client and speaking to them properly and listening to them, then you can definitely get that out of them. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's my first um, thing is to get someone on a call, get down to the nitty gritty, actually what they want to achieve and what it means to them. And then from there, that's kind of pre-framed what, what the structure should be from then on in. So Yeah, mate, I totally agree. It's like, you're right. It's not just always the client's fault about the transformation. It's about the, what was the initial conversation? Did the trainer ask the right questions? Did they want to go through a fat loss phase? They just didn't know how to word it. So yeah, mate, it's, it's, and again, it comes back to communication. That's the key. Yeah. A wee bit you just touched on at the start there, mate, about like being a busy fool and it's spot on because busy as in, you just want to diet. You just want to give everything. Um, I think sometimes that happens as well. And it, I made a post about it before about being an emotional coach. So you you just want to diet so much, but you, there's too much in here. So you're constantly thinking. You're constantly waking up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. How do I feel? How's my belly? How's the places I hate? Yeah. And that is that is something that you need to let. You need to get that all that taken away and given to a coach. So they let the coach worry about it. I get clients who have sent me pictures on a Wednesday or sent or said to me on a Wednesday, oh, I stepped on that scale, I feel shite. And you go, that's not my check-in procedure. Yeah. Right? So t- tell me about your week so far. Or oh, Sunday I had a Chinese. Monday's session was rubbish. The gym was too busy. Tuesday I'd done upper body. So you felt the need to weigh yourself on Wednesday after the back of a Chinese, a shit session, yeah. and an upper body session. Yeah. That's called being an emotional coach. You can't do that. And that's the great thing about a coach or, a, or somebody I've been accountable to. They tell you to shut the fuck up and stop doing that. Because that is not, again, you, everything needs data. It's like back to what I mentioned before about yeah. a comparison. You need strong data. It's like going to court. You go, right, oh, I feel, I feel rubbish this Wednesday. And, you go, and the, the judge goes, what have you done Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Right, mm-hmm. get out my courtroom. And that's the same I say to clients. They, if they don't have enough data to say, Chris, this still isn't working. Otherwise, it's like, get off my messages. Like, wait yeah. to Saturday, check in with me, and we'll use the metrics that we always use. So, yeah, busy fool slash emotional coach can be dangerous. And you and you get that because you're inside your mind too much. You need to get out of your head. It's like you, mate, when you coached with Joe, you did yeah. it so that all the thinking of that training nutrition was away from you so yeah. you could focus on best serving your clients. And now you just open up your emails, check what Joe tells you today, and you'd go and do it. Yeah. And you're no, you're no longer going to get that emotional tie-in with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that that's that's what you need to outline to them as well. Is that listen, you've hired me as a coach, and I'm I'm going to take a lot away all the guesswork for you. You just need to implement and communicate when you do come across a hurdle, because one hundred percent you will. Whether it's in a day or a week or a month, you'll come across a hurdle. You'll come across a plateau. Then it's how we deal with it, and then you take that and try and be as unemotional as you can with it, and then just go right. I'm going to take this, and if you. If you're consistent with what you eat on a daily basis, etc., then you get that data there to go right. Well, let's take this away. What we have? Why are we getting that craving on a Thursday? Oh, we've got a meeting. We got a meeting every Thursday, and then you get nothing in, and then after that, you're stressed out because of your meeting, and then you end up um, eating because you're stressed, and you've you've smashed 500 calories because uh, they always give out donuts after a meeting. Do you know what I mean? Like these yep. sorts of things. Yep. If you've got that communication there with with someone, then it's going to allow you to then throw it back to them, and that's all people need. People just need you to throw it back to them and then they realise. They might say it out loud and as soon as they say it out loud, they start to realise themselves. Fuck, that's actually, that's so true. And you're like, yeah. that was in your head already, but all you're doing is coaxing out of people. Um, yeah, and that's where, that's, where, that's where a client or a coach, sorry, shouldn't ever say, this is what I'm per hour. Because it's, it's what it is to work with you. Because no, I don't spend the same amount of time with all clients because not all clients need the same amount of time. It is to work with me. And if you communicate with me, I'm happy to jump on a call whenever whenever they need a call. But this this is this is where it comes to communication. And if if you have a client that's doing really well, I you've got the traffic light system, green, amber, and, and red, then you'll you obviously for that week you maybe focus on the red the red client and keeping them up to that amber and then getting them into the green again. I think that the thing is with a coach is it's so overwhelming. With, with clients and what where do you focus your time? There's some clients that just go on with it and they're absolutely brilliant and just make sure that they're continuing to go on with it, they're getting the results, they're happy. That's 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 all you need to do as a coach. Yeah, mate. Spot on. Yep. So um we've we've spoken a lot about kind of good points there. Um but we had a few questions, a couple from my clients, a couple from Instagram. Uh well I think we could probably just both answer them, but I'll I'll throw them at you first of all. 
Um, the the first question was um, how to set a goal when there's no holidays to kind of look forward to. I'm assuming that means like probably like a fat loss goal. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if fat loss has to be the goal at this current time, um, you know, what I would try and educate that person is, is, I mean, they might feel terribly uncomfortable. They might feel overweight. They might feel it has to be fat loss. Um, you know, if we, if we talk about it to this current climate just now, uh, for some people, this isn't a good time to diet. For some people, it is. Um, if, you know, you, you've got pros and cons to both. The fact that most takeaways are closed, I know they might be opening back up shortly. Um, the fact that you can go out a big walk, the fact that you're not in work. So like Sylvester said, there's probably a lot of temptation that comes with 95 jobs. Um, for a lot of people, they're more active than, active than they've ever been. I mean, I've never yeah, seen people yeah. do as many 5Ks, so you've got to remember that. <laughs> so first of all, understand that, is this a good time for you to diet right now? Right, are you, do you work from home? Is there no financial stress on you? Um, do you have a coach? Do you have a trainer? Do you know what you're going to be doing? Could you just get steps in and really tidy up your diet? You might mm. be in the house, mate, so you can make meals now instead of living out of Tupperware, instead of got your Greg's in the morning. So first of all, identify, is this a good time for me to be in a fat loss phase? And if the answer is yep to all those questions, then understand that hopefully when this is all over, you are in the position where you can book a holiday for later in the year because it's been a stressful couple of months. Yeah. So I would like to think everybody is going to try and have a bit of downtime after this. So you either decide, right, fat loss phase, um, and you pick a target um, dress size or you you try and look at last year's photos as motivation and go, I need to beat this year. Look back at photos, just go in your camera roll and literally swipe down and go. And if, you, if you're already can, um, thinking about your weight, the chances are each picture, especially for females, will have an emotional attachment towards it. Yeah. So what I mean by that is if you were in a wedding last year, if you were in a certain night out, a staff night out, there's probably a dress you're wearing where you're like, I remember how I felt in that. And that there should hopefully be the trigger to go, holiday or not, I remember how I felt that day. I had to get that dress altered. Or I remember just sitting uncomfortable at the dinner table that night. I remember using my clutch bag to cover my stomach. All yeah. these sort of things. So you, you should be your own motivation. It shouldn't be about that you have to wear a bikini. Remember as well, the chances are you probably feel bloated. You probably feel sluggish. You probably... You know, you probably, when you try to run or walk, you probably feel shite halfway through it. So setting many goals like that, like if you're doing a 5K, let's try and beat a time over, over a period of time. Do a couple of 3Ks. Um, get some sort of exercise that you can enjoy and you can stick to. Sit riding yeah. a bike, whatever it may be. So I think, yeah, a couple of things in mind is remember that you might book a holiday after this. And if you're going to, best be ready yeah. to feel your absolute best. So yeah, I think just be many goals looking back on how you used to feel because that should be enough motivation for you if you're if you want to lose fat you probably have times where you felt uncomfortable yeah 100 percent. it's basically just focusing on the, the actual bigger picture and probably yeah. verbalizing it with someone whether it be a coach or a friend or whatever because at the end of the day all we are doing when we set uh an eight week 12 week whatever it is goal at the end of so we've got a holiday and i love doing it for clients because they've got what what we're doing then and setting a structure and some goalposts in order to shift those goalposts in 12 weeks' time to new goalposts. And what the way I find people struggling right now is because there's no fucking goalposts for this ending. So this whole COVID-19, that's where people are struggling. Because if we'd said, right, it's five weeks, people could have something set in place to work towards, whereas they don't have that right now, which is mainly what people struggle with, I feel. So it's definitely something that people need to think of the bigger picture. Actually, what's the, as you said, the emotional attachment to how they feel in social situations, let's face it, whether, even if it was to be in a year's time, which leads me on to my next question, or the next question I was going to ask you, um, but even if it is in a year's time, we're still going to be in the same, we're still going to have a social situation, whether it's social distancing or not, we're still going to have situations where you're going to feel uncomfortable should you not make a change. So that needs yep. to change, and it, there's no better time than the present. So, yep. um, Yeah, so the next one was, if this was to go on for one year, uh, what would you do? I'm assuming that means as a as a coach. Um, so we'll throw that at you. As a coach, mate, nothing. I would just adapt. I would just continue to listen to my clients. Um, at the end of the day, the only thing I can do as a trainer is serve them and solve their problems. How do you how do you know a client's problems? You listen to them. Like Sylvester alluded to earlier, uh, 
mate, the reason I post content that people say, you know, things like, oh, that's so me, spot on, is because I just listen to people, mate. I just mm-hmm. listen to what they're saying. I used to be a really bad listener. Uh, I would agree with you, mate, that the podcast, my podcast has helped me listen as well because sometimes I kind of keep my mouth shut. Um, whereas with the with hosting the podcast, uh, I had to learn that I'm actually not speaking on it. I'm the host. So yeah, yeah. I've got to be the one asking questions. I've got to be the one listening. I mean, obviously give your own feedback. Of course, it's your podcast. But yeah. at the same time, it's helped me learn. Uh, and even listening to somebody like Phil and stuff, like you've got to just shush and learn. Uh, I often try and fit, like, being honest, mate, if I find people boring, I try and finish their sentences sometimes, but that's a bad thing. Because no matter <laughs> yeah. who it is, you can always learn. Uh, and when you really listen to somebody, um, you know, they tend to finish on something that is golden. So when I listen to clients, mate, I'm obviously trying to solve their problems, but another side of me has gone, how can this help another hundred people? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. all I do, mate. So I'll literally be on the gym floor or I'll be doing check-ins and I'll have my notes ready. And whatever, whatever the common recurrences are and problems, I'll stick it in my notes. And at some point in the next couple of weeks, that is going to be an Instagram post or a Facebook post. Yeah. It's like, yeah. mate, I've done posts on bloating at your time of the month. I've clearly never had a time in a month, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. because I've listened to my target demographic so much around it that I can actually do a post on it. Yeah, And that just shows you. And then as a coach, when you can be relatable, you will be a successful coach because you can talk to people, people will listen to you, they'll trust you. So if this was to go on for another year, mate, I would just roll with the times. I would just keep listening to people. What's their struggles? Is it snacking? Is it fear of is it uncertainty? Is it needing comfort? Is it needing group community? Whatever it is, I will deliver. So for any coach listening to this, it's time to adapt. You know, a lot of you may have been slow in acting and while there could be some tough love to that and say, like I had everybody, everybody had a home workout with me the Monday it happened in lockdown. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that to make people feel bad. I'm just saying let's adapt and actually realize that be prepared that if this is going to last another six weeks, you need to be ready. I know coaches that haven't even, like they just, they don't believe it's happening. Yeah. And if you don't believe it's happening as a leader, what do you think your clients are like? Yeah. They're sitting there like looking about and feeling a wee bit uncertain. Be the leader and say to them, look, if this happens for another year, I'll be ready, guys, because I've got X, Y, and Z for you at my, at my fingertips, and I'm ready to send out to Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's it. We touched on being being a leader, and I think if you are a coach, um, and this, this, is, this, is, this is where I used to struggle, so I'm sure any coaches might listen to this. I feel as if, Probably years ago, I was a completely different person, and the thought of me being a leader was was an absolute taboo subject. But as you start and you start to get good at something, you start to get passionate about something. The fact that you're a leader is is definitely something that is like is is its motivation in itself as a as a coach. And when you start to see results and clients start to come to you with problems, that's that's a massive um, that's a massive kick up the backside for me to up my up my game, and. You can listen to the negativity. I've fallen out with pals over this whole thing of um, making making fun of things. And that the whole idea, it's who you surround yourself with, who your community is, and viewing yourself as a leader is a is definitely something you need to do as a coach because at the end of the day, you are. Whether your tribe is 50 people or five, it doesn't matter. You're leading them through something. They've came to you with a problem. You need to be there to go, damn, fix it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was good. So the next... Next point, meal plans. I kind of spoke about that in the last podcast with Joe. We'll finish on, uh, which is a very generic question, but um, I came up with a good, good few points myself. Um, and I'll throw it to you first. It's the best workout for fat loss. Best workout for fat loss. You know, mate, you'll know from my Instagram that I don't like bandwagons. I don't like hypes. I don't like, uh, I don't like saying the same shit that everybody else says um, because it's boring. Uh, so the best workout for fat loss is not the one you can stick to all the time, not this one, whatever. Uh, I just think a full body workout, two push, two pull, two legs, um, and then finish by hit. That's that's the best, no matter who you are. Two push, two pull, two legs, with followed by 10 to 15 minutes of hit is the yeah. best workout for fat loss. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. I, like I'm not. Gonna, I could sit here, mate, and give people. Oh, you don't have to work out for fat loss. You can sit on the couch and move your body and get your steps up and improve your neat and lose fat. Obviously, hopefully, we all know that by now. But the best workout you could do for fat loss, and I'm sure you guys at um, at Titan do this quite a lot, just because the group style, you want yeah. your best bang for your buck. Two pulling exercises, two pushing exercises, two legs, quads, hammies, uh, and a bit of hit at the end will leave you feeling great. Yeah, I mean that that's that's why you have. So like I, I basically get the main. Well, oh, before we go, I'm not going to go into mega structure, but the the way that I do the groups is that you have you have your compounds that you focus on. So whether that's a, a deadlift and bench or something that day, that's your main focus. Is you get your other accessory works alongside that, but then uh, you get some cardio works in there. But you're focusing on those main things, and then at the end, you've got what everyone calls a finisher. But at the end of the day, that sort of stuff. That, that doesn't have to, it can burn calories, but sometimes I'll just do abs. And abs, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily do a mega amount, but see the way that people feel after they've done something like that. That's what you need to have at the back of your head when you're a coach as well. You've done the hard work, 50 minutes of hard work, well done. But let's, let's leave you feeling, oh God, I've, I've got a great workout there. And um, that usually comes from cardio or abs or arms or some 100%. form of like pump work or something like that. So, Mate, this is, the, this is where I, as a coach, right? When I start a transformation uh, with a client who's brand new to the gym, do I, de- do I get them doing cardio? One million percent. You know, a lot of coaches are scared to give people cardio because yeah. these guys, these guys who are right up at the top of the industry are now saying, don't do cardio, just do your steps. And it's like brilliant. It's okay for you saying that, but we're trying to improve people's relationship with exercise. We're also trying to get them educated in weight training. Now, if I see a client on a Monday and I don't see them till next Thursday, I've just done a say I've done a full body day with them. What they're going to do for the next eleven days? I know yeah. they can burn. I know they can go an incline walk on a treadmill. I know they can do fifty calories in a cross trainer. I know they could do. You know, I'm obviously talking about when the gyms are open here. I know they could do a fat burn class. I know they could do, you know, a hit that I give them that's safe within their uh, realms of like experience. Yeah. But there's no harm in doing some cardio because it's it's controlled. We know what we're getting out of it. So yeah, mate, I totally agree with you. And this is the example I use with people: should I be doing abs, right? And uh, it's low on the list of priorities. But if you've ticked all six or seven boxes, and then you can train abs. Think about when a client messages you and they go. Sylvester, I actually feel my stomach is in agony today. It feels great. It feels tight, which means they feel better, which yeah. means they can touch it. It's the same with glutes. If your goal is, it's the same with guys who want to build bigger legs. Their quads are pumped. They feel great after it. And it's the same with check-ins. If you can get someone checking in week three with a bloat down, brilliant. So there's a fine line there, and it's like, right, well, we all, there's a lot of people who misread that, and it's like me and you today, mate, putting a post that's saying 100% train abs. And again, it's taken out of context, but what you're trying to say is there, if you've did your compounds, if you've did your hit, finish on some abs, because it feels great after yeah. it. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, mate, I totally, I totally agree with you there. Um, that's a good point, and it's something that I try and get across is, uh, yeah, you could do abs, um, but as long as you've done X, Y, and Z, and then 100% do it, because you will benefit from it. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, it's, all, it's all about ticking those boxes as well. I think during, during the current time, what I see, it kind of leads back to comparison, but what I see is, um, and I've done it myself, but uh, posting constantly about how many calories you're burning. That remember, like when when you're doing this, the, the danger of doing this. Yes, it's great you've burnt those calories, brilliant, right? But you've obviously worked hard. But at the end of the day, don't lose sight of actually what the main goal is, and that calorie burn isn't why you started. And focus on the other aspects as well. And if this is going to go on longer, you've got a coach and you get some equipment or whatever make sure do your hit do that sort of stuff because you've maybe not done it in the past or yeah. you it's something you've you've not made a major focus they, they are great but remember that's not the main focus so it's just yeah. having these things away it's like oh i burned 750 calories in this workout but in the, the day for that extra 100 calories um do you then if you do that five days in a row do you feel as if you're absolutely gubbed and then yeah it's just sitting your arse all weekend Cash and then and that bump. leads and, and then you're, then you're burnt out so that's, yeah i mean that's, i think that's one of those things that when you when people focus on burning calories on their watches, their Apple Watch, their Fitbits, it's like everything in fitness, every motivator uh, can be a demotivator. Mm-hmm. So it's like transformation pictures, right? Brilliant, guys. Look, here's the end of the transformation. Week eight, week one, week eight. Look at that. Great. Have a nice holiday. See you later. Right? Yeah. Then they come back and they look at that picture and it becomes a demotivator because they don't look like that anymore. Yeah. And, it's, and the same can be said with these, with these burning calories. 
you know, it's great when clients send you how many calories are burned in a workout because there's a buzz and there's like, oh, look at that target that I've hit, brilliant. And you go, the, the next day when they only burn half of that, they feel rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And, they've, you know, they've, they've probably done a different workout. They've burnt half the calories, but they're chasing this number, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the problem is with that is, like, I had a client yesterday who's just new, who did a class. And then after it says, oh, that was amazing. I knackled, you know, that was amazing. I burnt 100, I only burnt 130 calories. And I go, mm-hmm. she's like, is that rubbish? And I was like, how'd you feel? I'm gubbed. That is number one. Number one is how you feel. Yeah. Not not what says on a watch. You know, I know these watches are, they aren't accurate, but they're yeah. consistently inaccurate, if you yeah. get me. Uh-huh. So the number one is how you feel. Because if you start relying on, um, watches and stuff like that then you're going to be and there's a, there's an element of people who compare it against food don't they they go right my dinner was 600 calories but I just burnt 7 uh, doing that class there so yes I can maybe eat more or this or do you know what I mean it doesn't work like that because yeah. if it worked like that you would realise that there's 90 calories in a fibre bar and it probably takes you a couple of sets of squats to burn 90 calories do you know what I mean so yeah yeah I, I think you're right mate but I think anything with fitness that can be really motivating can also be demotivating that's yeah. the same with progress pictures it's the same with scale weight if you love your scale weight one day then you go on it next week and it's worse you compare it to that yeah. so you've got to take the good with the bad but you've got to give yourself uh, a realistic outlook on it mate I think that's the full message of this podcast it's be framework. realistic aye framework and it's about what you can prove do you know what I mean uh, yeah. And going number one is how you feel after a workout. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's a it's a it's a good thing to to end on. Um, so, guys, just be sure um to give Chris a follow if you don't already. Um, and uh, share the podcast. Help us grow the podcast as much as possible. Tag us both in it. Share it on our stories. Um, this was this was definitely something that's that a lot of people need to hear. A lot of my clients probably few of yours and um, anyone else that, that does listen to this and probably some coaches as well. So, no, that was really, really good. Um, thanks for coming on, Chris. Is there anything you wanted to finish on? No, mate. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm sure this will be the first of a few to come. Uh, I'll let you get a few people on, then we'll tackle, um, especially when everything gets back to normal. It'll be good to tackle another one uh, and just reiterate and hit home the transformation thing again and now that people can have a clearer look on it because what's bound to happen is People are going to panic, transform uh, when this is all over because they're going to be desperate. So yeah. hopefully if you've listened to this podcast today, you'll realize that now's the time to chip away, get in a much better position so you aren't that drastic dieter because there's a lot going on in the world now without you being, um, fit, without you being hungry and overtraining. So yeah, I, I, that's all I would really say, mate, is we'll hook up again so we can help the people set up a new transformation. Yeah, no, 100%. So thanks again for coming on, Chris, and um, I am sure uh, we'll, we'll speak to you again soon. Awesome, Cheers, thank you. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. Bye-bye. Oh, no, 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 no